Hello and welcome to this, uh, what I'm going to call a podcast extra um, of our small holding life warts and all. Uh, this one is going to be all about flowers and in particular my uh, flower farming journey uh, which is running alongside um, the small holding day-to-day things that we do here. So uh, I hope you enjoy listening to this one. So where did it all begin? Well, as I always think, there's never a beginning um, to most people's life journeys. There's always a um, a gentle introduction. Uh, it can be short, could be long, um, it could be a trundle into it. But for me, um, I gardening in particular uh, started a very long time ago. Um, where we, I think we had a flat to begin with, which had a bit of garden, which was overgrown and we basically mowed it and John dug a pond and then filled it back in. And that was it. That was our extent of our gardening experience. Um, the next garden we moved to basically the same, very small, uh, and, um, it was a new build. So it was just grass and a path. Uh, we didn't really add anything to that because I had a newborn daughter, my first daughter. Um, and then we moved to a bigger house, uh, which had an established garden, um, which was lovely. So I had a lot, of, it was an ornamental garden. Uh, and uh, so I, obviously, then you, you kind of like start to learn about what you've got in your garden and uh, keep it tidy and then... Uh, I got more and more interested in it. And as I've said before in, in previous podcasts, I had some amazing teachers. You know, my mum is an amazing gardener. My dad was an amazing vegetable gardener. Um, and I've had some amazing tutors along the way uh, for things like that. So I've been lucky with um, people in my life who have passed on their knowledge, uh, vast knowledge, a lot of it. So... That kind of was where I went along and we moved. I had a bigger garden. And that actually, when I moved there, was just um, mainly grass and clipped bushes, clipped hedges. But it did have a vegetable patch right at the end. And I got interested in then growing vegetables and fruits. So, And then we moved here. And uh, in between all that, I was gardening for a living. And, you know, this this spans... 30 years it's you know a long time um gardening for a living um and I'd been on the organic gardening course as well by then uh loving loving everything to do with gardening and I regularly once a year um opened our garden in that house for uh, was it for a charity uh, garden open weekend so um you know I was very enthusiastic and kept on top of it and uh, everything else then we moved here and uh, I didn't have a garden at all so not really as such we, literally basically when we came there was um, a piece of scrubland uh, that, that had been just had stuff dumped on it and everything had a massive great muck pile I had a huge mound of dirt which had been a horse jump I mean um, a massive like mound um and we basically took that back to scratch and began a vegetable garden on there and a little bit of uh, ornamental area where we could, you know, with a lawn and everything where we could sit. Um, 
and that was how it was really for about 12 years. Uh, and then it, during the lockdown, I said to John that I'm really missing having flowers everywhere, um, like I did in the other gardens. And uh, I think we can identify, I identified an area at the front where I thought it's just gravel. It was a huge area of gravel. So let's invest some money, put in some beds, some raised beds, because you can't dig down onto that. Because, you know, so and put in some uh, some flower beds. So that's what we did. And, um, you know, I spent a long time um, finding plants, you know, local plant sales. And my mum was always still growing plants, so she would give me plants and I'd buy plants. And uh, eventually, over the two years, I think it took us roughly, um, we had a, a beautiful garden established the the first year that it came up it was wonderful it was amazing and it was so nice to have all that color and I'd forgotten just how much I'd missed it um one of the things that I grew there which I had grown before but not for a very long time were dahlias and uh dahlias and delphiniums uh, and lupins I'd put in one of the beds and um they were just stunning they were stunning and I thought well and there was an abundance of them an absolute abundance so I started picking them and putting them in vases and bringing them indoors which is I'll have to say and I've said this um to other people on the social media flower pages and there are other people out there like that the same as me for many years, and I and about 20 odd years, 20, 25, 30 years, I have always said uh, flowers belong in the garden, not in a vase indoors. Until I started bringing these flowers indoors. And then I completely flipped that my my attitude completely flipped. And I thought not only can they enchant my garden area, but they can absolutely brighten up my kitchen, my living room or anywhere that you put flowers is a brighter corner and so that's what I did all that that last summer um I had you know dahlias growing a lot beautiful and most beautiful dahlias and uh I was picking them because they are like cut and come again they would just keep coming um and they go well into the end of the year as well at the end of summer picking them bringing them indoors putting them in a vase putting them on social media as you do look at my flowers and they look wonderful and people are like they're amazing they're wonderful um and so then I thought well you know I'll, I'll stick a few bunches out for sale and uh and they sold and um I kind of then had a light bulb moment where I said to John do you know I think this this could actually be a thing I can share this joy with people and I can make a living from it as well and so that's where my flower farming journey began. So that was the lead up to um, what I'm doing now. And as you can see, it was a very long, you know, decades of lead up and learning to what has been re really a really short, journey so far in terms of farming flowers um and when I started to look into it I mean the the excitement was um you know there it was amazing you know I I, I realized that this you know British flower farming fits in with my ethos um of you know 
um, local economy, homegrown flowers, uh, not imported. There's, you know, the carbon footprint is minimal. I don't, you know, I still don't use um, uh, chemicals in any way, shape or form. Uh, so it really, the whole thing, that was the first thing I thought, yeah, this absolutely fits with um, with me and my ethos and what, um, how I want to go forward. Um, and so then I started kind of, then I joined a couple of um, farming, you know, flower farming groups. Some of them, a lot of them American, so um, not really relevant to our zone um, and and climate. So, uh, but I, you can still pick up an, an awful lot of knowledge there. So there are great ways, um, great places to do that. And then um, I thought, well, I'll, you know, I'll hone it to really to UK um, flower farming pages and groups. And one of the things I had seen um, a, couple, a few years ago at one of the RHS show in Malvern were the flowers from the farm stand. Uh, and, and I, you know, way back then I'd spoken to them and they'd said, oh, you know, you've got a farm, you, could, you should grow flowers. And I thought, well, I don't really have time. So, you know, although it was a lovely thought, I thought I don't really have time. Um, I don't, I'm not sure I've got the experience for that. And so uh, that, you know, I walked away and thought, yeah, it's a great idea, but I don't think it's for me. Well, then I thought, well, actually, so I read all their blurb again and I thought, you know, it is for me. It is because it is now. It, the time is right now for me. So I joined um, Flowers from the Farm, which is a paid membership yearly, but it has a, um, a national reach. Uh, there are um, uh, groups, local groups, uh, regional groups as well. Um, and they their profile is growing uh, more and more. Uh, this year is even more than last year, for instance. And one of the things is that the the British flower, British grown flower industry is in its infancy, but it is growing. You know, there are there are, we are there are tapping into the fact that people are realizing now that uh a lot of flowers are imported from thousands and thousands of miles away um you know they've seen the videos where people have you know chaps in or girls in hazmat suits are spraying off roses and things like that and thinking this is not good this is you know as with anything you know once you start to look into it and you can see um the thing the 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 things that go along with it that perhaps don't sit well with you, then you start to formulate an opinion and um, try and change how you do things, I think is what, what we do. So that was one of the first things I did was join uh, Flowers from the Farm, which is um, a fantastic membership, actually, pay it yearly. And uh, the, the amount of material on there to access is uh, phenomenal. Plus there are, you know, their whole ethos is we're not, you know, even though I have someone in, uh, probably about five miles away. We're not in competition. We're there to support each other. So, um, and we're there to support the industry. So that that's a good thing. You suddenly feel like you have uh, you're not working on your own. You have there's a network of people out there, um, and all they're all different as well. There are some people are just growing flowers in their garden. Some people are growing them on a bigger scale in you know in in acres of fields. Um, 
and they all have different experiences. So there's a wide variety of people and, th- and therefore there's a w- wide variety of knowledge as well. Uh, one of the other groups I joined um, was a cut flower collective uh, and uh, they've got a general Facebook page uh, which I joined and then they also have a paid membership page um, called the best bunch and uh, you that is on a rolling monthly basis so it's uh, you know I pay that monthly and at first I thought oh do I really want to pay you know to go and uh, do that but I I thought well I'll try it for the month and again there is so much on there for my I mean it's 14 pound a month there is so much on there that uh, it's well worth the money and there uh, every week there are um video tutorials of one sort or another uh, you know propagation um just all sorts of things on there that you can uh, you know get the knowledge and they're live so you can ask questions as well and you know the, the, the people will give you the answer the people doing the tutorial will give you the answers i've had tutorials on um, growing uh, chrysanthemums um dahlias uh propagating herbs you know there's a, a wealth of knowledge just on that one alone um and on the other one on the bigger one on flowers from the farmers all business advice and uh just so much it's uh well worth the money i think um that's what i thought in the end but going back to um the actual flower farming structure uh although i had a massive um background in growing flowers and veg and fruit and gardening uh, I, I began quickly to realise that actually farming flowers was a slightly different thing entirely. I mean, as I've said before, you if you've got a garden, you go off to the garden centre, you see something you like, or you buy the packet of seeds, you grow them, and you put it in, and, you know, apart from weeding and dividing it, you, you basically leave it uh, to make your garden look wonderful. Well, with flower farming, it's slightly different because... it's more like vegetable gardening where you're sowing successionally in order to get a constant flush of flowers blooming uh, so that you've constantly got something to give people um, or to offer people uh, over the whole you know the whole season really and uh, and then seasonally is is another big thing so I'm all about seasonal and then I you know so then I started realizing that um i needed somehow to elongate the seasons as well and i hadn't really identified that right back at the beginning of my journey and so i needed really to think about that too initially when i started i thought well i've got the dahlias i've still got those i'll dig the tubers up and save those over winter put those away somewhere safe and uh i'll buy some bulbs and um plant those and uh, so i i did want i bought um 500 tulip bulbs now 450 of them went into my beds out the front here and i kept 50 of them back and thought right well i will plant those up and i'll use those for cut flowers next year um and then 
that was that was kind of it really i had a couple of plants um spare when i also made a little bed and put those in i think there were some um geums and uh and that and i thought well that'll that'll be fine that'll be enough you know um and then i realized that was not going to be anywhere near enough really and that i needed to identify a- an area that I could grow um, vast quantities, not vast quantities, bigger quantities of of flowers because people are like, oh yeah, we'll buy them. Yeah, we'll buy them. So I I began quickly to realise that I probably uh, was a little bit naive in how much, um, you know, I didn't really want to be robbing my flower beds out the front, really, I suppose is the thing. And I'd identified this tiny little, and it was was like a metre by 1,200 I thought, well, I'll grow them all in there. That'd be fine. Well, obviously, that's not enough, really. And it's certainly not enough for to keep, um, you know, you'd be able to grow some flowers and sort of offer a couple of bunches over a month, and that'd probably be it. Uh, and all of this, you you begin to realise um, how it goes. So, uh, and so for a quick turnaround, a fairly quick turnaround, um, your hardy annuals seem to be the go-to cut flower. So things like cosmos and zinnias, they are the things that you would go to, uh, sow the seed direct. Um, and I think it's something like 12 weeks from sowing to cutting. So within 12 weeks, you've got flowers. So if you wanted to cut flowers just for your to bring in to your house um i would go for hardy annuals and we're still i mean i have sown some of mine but i've looked at the weather forecast ahead um and we're not forecast any frosts for at least another two weeks um and i might get caught out there but then i would have to go out and fleece them up anyway so basically what i'm saying is by the end of this month by the end of april beginning of may you can go out and sow hardy annuals and or half hardy annuals and um, have in 12 weeks time uh, flowers to cut and bring indoors um, and th- things like so the half hardy annuals I've been sowing are things like like I said cosmos and zinnia and then you grow things uh, like uh, called bells of Ireland uh, or am I magus which are all filler uh, to fill out a bouquet so, um, and there's going to, cornflowers, cornflowers is another one, marigolds, um, you know, any, any hardy annuals that are going to be tall enough will be great to grow and uh, pick and bring in um, and make a lovely, lovely display with. And uh, so I thought, well, okay, yeah, I, I like that idea, that's fine. But I also have always been um, a perennial person. So I like perennial plants. And indeed, when I was gardening, that was the name of our, my gardening company. I say company, there was just me and my mum to begin with, and then me and my sister. Uh, we were called perennials. So I thought, well, I I do like perennials. Um, and they will, you know, once you've bought them, you've got them for years. Uh, so again, that kind of fits in with the whole... Um, lessening any carbon footprint you're not using um, vast amounts of water or compost to get them going because they're once they're established they're great and so I identified a couple of beds where I thought right yeah I'm going to use perennials um so uh and then then I realized from the chatter on the thing that you need um 
something called half hardies, um, no biennials, which are which uh, f- uh, you grow one year and they flower the next year. And there's a there's a thing in the gardening. There is the hungry gap, and in um, flower farming, there is what they call the May gap. So there's a gap between the first flush of spring flowers and then the real setting of summer flowers. And in May there's not a lot in between so people grow um, biannuals to cover that period and these are all you know these are all things I've learned because I didn't although I knew like wallflowers um, not wallflowers uh, sweet williams and that are are biannual I didn't really think about how they would fit in to the whole system of growing flowers so I went off and I learned as much as I could on the internet about that and uh, you know, once I'd picked up that knowledge, I thought, right, that's okay. I can, I can do that. So, uh, and then there are, you know, then there are your bulbs, um, which are mostly going to be the spring bulbs, you know, like tulips and your daffodils and, um, your hyacinths, things like that. But I was a bit late for those, to be honest, um, because I hadn't thought about it. And I also late picking up the things like Valentine's Day and Mother's Day. Now, there isn't a lot for Valentine's Day, to be fair. Um, and there's certainly we certainly don't have roses growing in the UK for Valentine's Day. So uh, you kind of have to be creative. Um, uh, and the other thing, I suppose, is we need to get it out there to people that roses are not naturally available in the UK for Valentine's Day but there is an abundance of other uh, of other flowers that we can use instead it's just changing people's uh, idea about what is the right thing to buy for Valentine's Day and Mother's Day so um, and then I began to realize that I completely missed the boat that this end of the, that end of the year entirely because I didn't really have anything at all ready, nothing. Um, so I couldn't uh, engage in that market area. Um, and then, so then uh, I thought, well, okay, you're going to have to think a year ahead now, Dawn, and you're going to have to see what is out there now. And you're going to have to see what is flowering now or growing now. And you're going to have to invest now for next year. That's how far ahead. So things like hellebores and that um, are, are fantastic. I mean, the most beautiful flower, totally underrated, really, in the industry, but the most beautiful flowers when you start to pick them and uh, put them together. So I invested in um, things like hellebore and that. The other thing I had to really think about is, although we've got a lot of hedges and uh, native hedging here, um hazel and hawthorn and things like that uh we don't have um we didn't have any very many ornamental uh shrubs which are also useful for fillers i mean we have lilacs i've got loads of lilacs so that's useful um but i really didn't have anything else so another thing i had to think about was uh investing in some kind of shrubbery really in order to use those to pack things out so um yeah so really the investment at the beginning of it has been quite big but they are things that will uh stay you know for, for forever really if nobody digs them up well, they don't get killed off so the initial investment is quite big but they will 
come again and again and again and get bigger each year. So, um, and besides that, I, besides the fact that I've invested them for the flower farming, it's nice to have this, um, an array of things that we just did not have before. So on my journey so far, I'd learned a lot. Um, and luckily, it was over the winter months when there's not a lot else going on apart from the basic day-to-day stuff on the small holding. So I had plenty of time to um, watch YouTube tutorials, uh, to go through um, social media pages, groups, um, read all the information I could. And... Uh, collect as much knowledge I could and there was a vast amount to collect on top of what I already knew um things like successional sewing and then there were things like um conditioning the flowers how to condition the flowers in order for them to have the best vase life and different flowers um are conditioned in different ways depending mostly on the stem whether it's woody or fleshy um uh, you know um daffodils is the one odd flower that doesn't you know doesn't really you can't really put that with anything else because the sap uh, makes the other flowers droop um lots and lots of things that I've never really given much to, thought to at all and then after that so then you <laughs> gain the initial knowledge of, right, okay, so uh, this is what we do. Uh, Yes, I'm going to need to do a successional sewing to plan uh, what's going to be available when. Now, some people go all the way out and do spreadsheets and everything like that. That's not me. I have not got time to do a spreadsheet that I probably would never look at again. So I just have to keep that information in my head and learn from it as I go through this year, because this will be my first year. And learn from any mistakes and any successes and build on those because, uh, yeah, I, I'm just not going to be one that writes it all on a spreadsheet and then looks at it again because I won't. Um, and then I think after that, you're, I once read a, a thing that said the more creative you get, the more creative you become. And so, and I think that's true. I mean, the more you try to be creative, the more the create creativity flows, I think. So then I think in comes me, if you see what I mean. So I've, I've uh, amassed this knowledge and read everything that I could and, and joined in with discussions on, you know, how, what, why, when. And then I begin to think, well, hang on a minute, um... And then this bit is me. So hang on a minute. I How can I now elongate the season? Because a lot of the flower farmers, not all of them, uh, will it will just be seasonal, uh, you know, uh, summer, early spring, summer, seasonal, and that's it. I'm then thinking, well, hang on a minute. You know, we've got October, we've got um, Halloween, we've got Christmas. You know, how do we encompass this whole thing uh, year round so then I get get to thinking I think well okay for things like Halloween if somebody wanted a display you need to be looking at colour specifics um, which for the rest of the year I I wouldn't look at Um, I would say this you know 
my the way I will be doing it is this is what I've got growing. These are the colours I've got today. Uh, if you want those, that's fine. If you don't, I haven't got anything else. I'm not going to... There are bigger farmers that will grow, um, you know, blocks of colour specific uh, because people often want specific colours, especially for weddings and that. Um, I would say to people if they came to me, uh, no, I, this is what I have. Um, I, I haven't got anything I can specifically tailor it to unless I did have it. But then I thought, well, OK, October, you know, it's autumn. We, we want autumn colours. And although the garden will provide us with a lot of autumn colours, um, it'd be nice to have some specific fun with, you know, around Halloween and things like that. So then I started looking in uh, to how, what sort of late season flowers begin, you know, what uh, late season flowers are growing. And then I realised that uh, chrysanthemums, although dahlias will carry on way into the first frosts, um, almost, uh, chrysanthemums will keep going, um, especially if you've got them somewhere a little bit sheltered, they will keep going right through, some of them right through to January. So that is one way you can elongate that season that way for uh, Halloween and Christmas. The other way you could do it is... um, by drying flowers. So then I I also, this was one of the tutorials that was on one of the groups, which was absolutely fascinating and just fantastic. There's a lady, I can't think of what her name is, I'll, I'll try and dig it out, but she dries flowers en masse. Um, but I mean, uh, when you, I think of dried flowers, or used to think of dried flowers, uh, you think of the dusty old dry brown things that <laughs> sat in the corner in a vase for years and nobody ever touched, you know, not anymore. No, the, the, that's what I mean about the creativity of people is phenomenal. And the dried flowers I saw were just beautiful. Uh, and they were almost real. They look, I mean, the colours were vibrant still and they were almost you know look like real flowers but they've been dried so that's another way to um not only to keep the season going longer but also not to waste the money that you have invested in the flowers that you've got growing for summer that didn't sell or that didn't get picked in time to sell so that's another angle that I will be doing. I'm already, I've already started hanging up bunches of flowers for flowers that I've had. And I'll have had them in my vase um, for a couple of days, a few days, until they start to look as if they're going a bit. And then I will dry, hang them up and dry them. Now, probably you can, you know, if you wanted to, you'd pick them fresh and hang them up and dry them. Uh, and as the lady said, have a go with anything. If it doesn't work, it doesn't matter um, but if it does work, you've got something good. So that's another thing I'm doing. The other thing that I have did with um, tulip petals was dry them. Uh, so I had um, some tulips. And again, they're in the vase, in the kitchen. When they start to look like they're going a little bit, I just... Uh, and you can tell with the tulip because if you pull the petal, it'll come off. If it doesn't come off, it's not ready. Um, and I've just got a little, I've literally got a, uh, a little dish here next to my, uh, where I've got a vase of tulips and I will just put the petals in there and they're just drying beautifully all by themselves in this little dish. And I did actually buy a big hanging net, like a, almost looks like a fishing net. Um, uh, and I've got a big one of those, which I will use when I've got more, 
uh, petals than I've got dishes, if you see what I mean. So, and that also can, um, I hung it in the, uh, in the office uh, to dry these particular petals out, but you can um, hang it outside in the summer under a tree or something where, where the air's blowing away at it nicely, breeze. So that was another thing. And they, those are all things that are, they start to, that's me starting to kick in thinking, well, hang on a minute, how can I uh, extend this season um, to, to provide something all year round? And all year round, it's going to be different. It's going to be totally different uh, at, at, uh, in February, you know, right as you go through the season, the colours get more and more vibrant and luxurious and uh, the flowers get more flamboyant and then they they wane off again, you know, um, to, to more muted, which is it kind of fits really with the whole seasonal year. So those are the kind of things I've been looking at to do. Um, and as I said, it's my first year, I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> Uh, what's going to work and what's not but uh what does work I'll rejoice in and what doesn't work I'll learn from so that's all there is to that really um the other thing I think as well with uh British grown flowers and foliage is you can use almost anything um anything that is out there you can you can use um bigger bouquets you want something that's going to be that's going to be tall but you can make small poses little tussy musses you know handheld poses jam jar poses all the smaller flowers that are just as beautiful um and that's what I, one of the things i will be doing just making little jam jar poses to put out for sale because uh you know not everybody has got a garden where they can grow their own flowers and cut them and bring them in um and not everybody has the time even if they did have a big garden uh and not everybody has the skill so if i can provide those for you know a little bit of cheerfulness in a jam jar for a fiver uh, that's a that's a good job done really that's that's uh that's what i think so yeah so that is part and parcel of my journey and where i'm at at the minute The other um, sort of uh, bit of the jigsaw puzzle in the flowers, if you like, is uh, one that began before I even um, had my light bulb moment. Uh, so I was, it was way back um, last May and uh, I was walking around a local May Day fair and I saw, so it's the next town along, and I saw um, there was a stand, a tombola stand uh, for the uh, Cotswold Flower Group there. And um, I bought some tickets and the lady was talking to me and I said, oh, I'd love to learn how to uh, just like, instead of getting your flowers, um, you know, a bunch of flowers from the garage and plonking them in a vase, I'd love to be able to learn how to, to display them nicely in the vase. And she said, oh, come along, come along to our club. We need, we need new members, you know. She said, come along. And I thought, <laughs> and this is not me, because this was rash. And I was like, oh, yes, I think I will. When's your next meeting? And I, like, surprised myself, because that's not me. I don't normally rush into things and make rash decisions like that. So she said, well, actually, it's next week. Oh, no, it was, it was September, it was. So 
it wasn't the following week. She said, we got, it's in August or September, something like that. She said, our first one is then come along. So that's been the first one since lockdown. So uh, I said, oh, brilliant. I, you know, I'd love to do that. That would be amazing. And so I went along to that um, again with no knowledge really of uh, how to arrange flowers. I mean, a little bit of creative flair. I've done christmas wreaths in the past and i've you know over the years i've gone along and i've done you know your christmas table arrangements and things like that but not really any um, real knowledge about the basics and the mechanics and you know how things are done and why they're done um so i thought well uh, you know back then i thought well yeah i'd like to learn that and actually then when i decided to do that to do this whole flower thing that became an integral part of it as well because uh i you know i can i realize that there's a again um the, the vast majority of the ladies that are there are easily 10 years older than me um they've got a lot of knowledge so again another uh knowledge package that you can uh learn from um and they, you know, after it, like any club that you go along to, it takes a while for them to start talking to you. But eventually, you know, you keep going, you keep smiling, you keep uh, having conversations. And eventually they just they start to impart knowledge um, and, you know, to to see you as one of them. So which has been brilliant. So I now feel like I'm one of them. If you see what I mean, it's taken a few months, but um, just keep going at it. So that was another part that didn't really um you know it wasn't a structured uh journey at all the pieces kind of just all fell into place really and uh you know they're still there's so there's a lot to learn in respect of that as well on that on that side of it although I I never want to be I say I never want to be somebody who um does massive flower arrangements for anybody but who knows one day i i might do that um i don't know that's again all part of the uh, the journey of the unknown really so yeah that uh so uh, i suppose to round it up a little bit i'm thoroughly enjoying um growing flowers i'm thoroughly enjoying um arranging flowers i've made uh, a few bouquets now i think four uh, the very first one as i said in my other uh, podcast that I, I made for my mum i was so excited i'd gone around and identified things that would make a nice um, bouquet and i you know i my very first bouquet ever was for somebody very special which was my mum and i was um so excited to do that and when i picked them all and i got them together uh they just looked amazing and you know that's not any skill on my part because flowers are amazing and you know there is not much skill in uh putting together a bunch of flowers and them looking gorgeous they do that by themselves so um they're just a few extra bits that you have to do in order to make sure they last um and make sure you're getting the best blooms that you can, which is, uh, you know, there's there's another thing that uh, in which you wouldn't do necessarily in um, when you're just growing flowers in your garden. But when you're farming flowers to grow, you, there's a lot of pinching out to do um, to get. So lots of things have multiple heads, but if you just want one beautiful head, you'd have to pinch out the other flowers and things like that. Um, so there, yeah, there's been a lot to learn, um, 
but I've enjoyed every single minute of it entirely. So to round up this uh, extra episode, um, I think I'll just say a few things. Um, so like, a bit like uh, the way I view music uh, as feeding the soul, I think flowers do that as well. And they, they, they feed your energy, I think, you know, in a bit of a wishy-washy way but that's how I feel they they can lift your mood entirely when you see something beautiful and and they're not difficult to to grow <clears throat> and um so if you wanted to have a go at uh cutting some you know growing some cutting flowers uh and you've got no knowledge at all just get some easy to grow seeds like cornflowers or um zinnia they're very easy to grow uh, with a little bit of um filler like the uh am i majus which is bishop's flower which actually looks very similar to cow parsley so if you've got an abundance of cow parsley near you go and pick that that's absolutely fine you know that will work and look just as beautiful in a in a flowers in your kitchen as as anything else in fact you know obviously not wildflowers and if you're on someone's land you have to get permission but you know there are there's an abundance in our hedgerows that will look just as beautiful in a vase as anything manufactured um cultivated so go out and have a look around start looking uh you know looking at things with a different eye which is entirely what i have done i mean i literally i have gardened for years but my i i have a different um outlook now and look at things differently to, to the way I looked at them before I look at them and think how is that going to look in an arrangement you know and is it going to look beautiful and also colors you know colors that go together um so and that's one of the other things I've noticed as well along the way is uh everybody's style is different and you kind of um end up with a style <laughs> I don't think you think you would but you kind of do, and people are like, oh yeah, I could tell that was one of yours, you know, one of your bouquets, which is uh, I find that amazing, really. But uh, and and lovely because they're not the generic um, flowers that you get, you know, in the supermarkets and in the garages and even delivered, you know, because you can go out and you can pick what's freshly available that morning, and you can have it in a vase by dinner time. Um, you can have it cut and conditioned and in a vase and looking amazing, to be honest. <clears throat> so the other resources, I mean, we're so lucky that we have um, the internet. Uh, there's a, a wealth of information out there. It, and I know sometimes that you do have to plough through to find the good, the good bits. But there are some, um, you know, some really good, you know, your, your local gardening groups um cut flowers specifically or you know or um social media flower uh, gardening groups they're all it's all great information on the whole um and then uh, for specific things like conditioning flowers so that you know um what to do there again most of everything i've found out i found out via the internet uh one way or another so conditioning your flowers even Tying a hand tie, 
uh, I learnt from watching YouTube videos. And it's not difficult. Once you've got the basics of it, it's not hard. So give it a go. Just go out and pick something and, and make a hand tie with it. It's not difficult and it looks brilliant. You know, it looks amazing. So, and then obviously there's books. I mean, there's, if you want, you know, if you like books, I mean, I love books and I do have some books. I have a flower arranging books and I have uh, a book on the meaning of flowers because obviously um, back in the Victorian times, flower, even further back than that, flowers had meaning. You know, just for instance, um, we took a, a bunch of flowers to my dad's grave yesterday and I put the flowers in there and the foliage and everything. And then I put a sprig of rosemary in there because that rosemary is for remembrance. And so that went in there as well. You know, people often, forget-me-nots, people often give people forget-me-nots. You know, they have a, they are, that is their meaning forget me not you know um so yeah go, the, most of my information uh i've got off from the internet i think or oh, actually i need to know that how do, where do i find that out go to the internet filter through some of the rubbish you do have to but there are some absolute gems on there um there's some great flower arrangers on there uh that uh that um you know do demos um again picking up good knowledge from them uh for free really um and then then there are specifics that you you know specific groups that if you really wanted to get into it, you pay for and you get uh tailored information then really uh tailored quality information um specific to what you want to know so uh yeah so that's what i'd say just go out and you know read anything look at anything look at everything with a different eye um and mainly just go and have a go have a go and see what you come up with and see how much you surprise yourself and see how fabulous you will feel when you've got that little posy in your hand that you have you know you've put together absolutely brilliant so thanks for listening to this this has been uh, a, a little introduction into my flower farming journey which is in its infancy <laughs> and uh i'm looking forward to the year ahead one of the things i now have to do uh, I, you know i've gone along and i've got all sorts of things in place so i've got the flowers that are starting to grow I've got the beds and the flowers in there and the seeds starting to grow and i've got seedlings in the greenhouse and i've got bulbs that have come up for spring and i've got bulbs that are in there for summer already and, I, and I'm already looking, I've already looked at um, some bulbs I want to get ready for next spring because there are some uh, very beautiful um, tulips that look uh, like a rose when they come out. Um, and I also want to see if I can bring some on early and capture that Valentine market with some red tulips and things like that. So, yeah, um, those are the sort of things I, I'm doing now, um, or will be doing. So yeah, just go out and uh, have a look, see what's what, give it a go, because uh, it, it's a great journey to go on. Um, what's not to like, really?